strength and conditioning professional requires constant pursuit of better knowledge, better methods, and better means. But what if there was a place where strength and conditioning coaches could learn from some of the most innovative practitioners in the world, such as Jeff Moyer, Lachlan Wilmot, William Wayland, James the Thinker Smith, and Kirwenham Flat? Well, you could find multiple lectures from each of these top-level coaches and a few lectures and examples from yours truly as well, all in the Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is going to bring you well over a hundred different lectures from some of the top practitioners in the world to be your one-stop shop for your continuing education and professional development. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash C-V-A-S-P-S to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Welcome to this week's Eccentric Minute, brought to you by Eccentric. This week's Eccentric Minute is an exercise we call the K-Box Break Squats. This is an exercise that's kind of modified from one that Chris Corfus demonstrated in his sensational presentation at the seminar. To set up the K-Box for this, we use a belt, and we're going to make sure that the strap is long enough for us to get into full triple extension all the way up on our big toes. From there, we're going to sit into a squat and spin the wheel, and we're going to drive as hard as we can up. The goal of this exercise, then, is to keep our posture up, drive ourselves up as hard as we can, and then stop as fast as possible without our heels hitting the ground. What we love about this exercise is how it trains that braking force and for you to be strong in that stopping position to help carry over to change the direction of agility drills. Give this one a try. I'm sure it's one that your athletes will love and definitely see how it can be beneficial to their performance. I really hope you enjoyed this week's Eccentric Minute. Make sure you check them out at eccentric.com to find out everything you need about the K-Box and the K-Pulley. Jenna, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. How's it going? I'm pumped up. I, I, you said you, you're excited to talk about something that fires me up and that's, that's my favorite thing to do is, is talk about that. So I'm excited. Yeah, dude, I'm stoked to get this down. I'm glad we got to chop it up here a little bit, but before we get too far into this, let's let the half a human being, you know, out there who doesn't know who is Jenna, where you're at and how you got down to Wake Forest. So I think, you know, at 28, I just turned 28 this year. I think I'm, I'm still figuring out exactly who I am, but, um, you know, at this point in time, I, I, I think, you know, after you turn 25, I feel like you really get your feet on the ground. I'm starting to really, you know, become into a person that I'm really proud of. And, you know, I think that has bled over into even the type of coach and professional I am. Um, but so I was a former student athlete. Um, we were just talking before we got started and just how much my experience as a student athlete really has shaped me and everything and, and especially bringing me into this career specifically. I had such an awesome experience as a student athlete. I played uh, women's lacrosse at Queens University and I had the best experience ever and I think sometimes that's uncommon um, which is a shame and I think that's what's led me into being so passionate about what I do because you know, I hope to be able to help provide that experience for my athletes because I know how instrumental it can be. You know, I'm such a product of, of a student athlete. You know, so many of the things I've learned and, um, and, and, and reasons I am the way I am is because of being a student athlete and learning so many different skills 
as a leader, um, you know, having responsibility, learned a lot about integrity and, you know, overcoming challenges and, and making, um, you know, being aware that not everything's about me. When you're on a team sport, you learn really easily that it's not about you. Um, and I think that's really shaped me into the person I am and it's definitely the coach I am. Um, so, you know, I was a student athlete. I love the weight room. You know, I'm, I'm a five, five, one fiery Italian. So, you know, I had to, I had to make up for a lot of the height loss in the weight room and it was something I was really good at. Uh, so the strength coach I had there really kind of took me under his wing because he knew I loved it. I'm, I'm a meathead at heart. You know, I'm from South, South Jersey. So, you know, I, you know, you know, having muscles and everything is just part of our destiny, basically. So, um, so, uh, so that was, that was always something that, I, you know, I just, I just loved. I had family members that really loved weightlifting and being in the gym. So it was something that interested me and I was good at it. And then I also, I saw the impact it had on me on the field. You know, it gave me confidence. You know, I saw, um, you know, how much better my, my performance got. And, and throughout the years, I saw the amount of development I got through that. So it made me buy into it a lot. And um, it was a place where I, I could lead at a young age because it was something I liked. So um, that really got me interested. Um, I had an opportunity to intern with our strength coach at Queens, uh, you know, as a student athlete, it's super hard to get internships anywhere besides your university. Um, so I was super lucky that he gave me that opportunity. And from there, um, you know, it just really propelled me forward to then um, after, after graduation, start to pursue this career. Um, and I was, so it's kind of crazy, you know, I'm sure it's, it's evolved even since you know, especially since you came out of college or started your career, but even, God, I guess it was almost like six, six, seven years ago, it was hard to get GA positions in this, in this field. It was very uncommon. They didn't pay a lot. Um, so I struck out, I did, I couldn't find a GA position. I knew that's what I wanted to do next was, was be a GA in strength and conditioning. Um, and my university at the time, Queens, uh, you know, they, they knew I kind of, didn't land anywhere after graduation and gave me an opportunity to come back and be an assistant strength coach, uh, which I think says, you know, says a lot, being able to trust the former student athlete that I definitely hung out with a lot, a lot of athletes and trust me to now be a coach and have to kind of flip the script and not really be a peer anymore. And that is really what I think I, I've matured more than I ever could have imagined in that year. Um, given that opportunity because I had to flip the script and I had to figure out how to be productive as a coach and also be realistic that, Hey, I did just graduate. So like, how, how do I find the balance of, of being able to coach these people and respect me? Um, but also understand that I did just graduate with them. Um, so I, it was a lot of trial and error, um, at Queens it's a division two school. So it was me and our, and our um, head strength coach splitting like 17 teams up and it was really thrown in the fire. I mean, I remember the first day it was like, okay, here's the men's soccer team and go. And I programmed and coached it entirely by myself, especially because our other coach was at our other facility coaching one of the other teams. So it was really thrown in and it was the best thing ever. I, I always would suggest any young strength coach going into like a small division two school um, or even mid-major school was huge because, um, you know, you have no choice but to get right into it. Um, 
and you get to train tons of different athletes from other school or from other sports. Um, and as you know, you know, every, every sport has different culture, different type of athletes. So you have to be able to sell your stuff to a bunch of different people and coaches. Um, so that's really where I think I kind of, um, you know, excelled and, and, and it helped me into my next chapter, which was then getting a GA position at Lenore Ryan university. Um, and that's where I got my master's and again, was a, um, GA, but had like probably six teams to myself again, cause it was a smaller university. It was only two of us. And then that gave me more experience being with more athletes and different teams and just time coaching. Um, and that's what I, I really think helped me as well is that you're just on the floor coaching all the time. And in the beginning of your career, that's what you want. And you want reps of coaching, dealing with athletes, dealing with different situations. Um, so I got to do that again. And, um, after I finished there, I got a, um, opportunity at Winthrop university for my first full-time position, um, with Olympic sports. Um, and then shortly after that, I had an opportunity come up at wake and, um, I, I always knew I wanted to be with women's basketball or, um, in some capacity, um, as with basketball only or, or one sport only. So this was something I really, really wanted. And, and I got super lucky, really good timing. Uh, being young, I was think I was 25 at the time um, to get a really awesome position as a director of sports performance for women's basketball at Wake. I think that there's two things in that that I can, I can relate to there. That, that one is being thrown into the fire in a situation that I don't think enough people truly understand when you go into a position uh, where you have to coach like that many teams and how great of a learning situation. So many younger coaches um, are, are really just missing out on like, and it's not a, a learning situation. Like you're sitting in a room and you get to talk with like, six or eight different people who have done it before you and you can learn it's like you're thrown into a room of nothing but kittens and cat toys and you have to herd the cats right away and you find out really quick that this is going to be a lot of things that you have no idea what you're getting into um and the second is the, the power and the, the loyalty that comes from being entrusted as a young head coach. You know, when I started here, I was 25 with basketball. I got here at 24 um, and I'm about to flip those numbers. So it's, you know, been here for a while and, and, and understanding that, you know, there's almost as much power professionally in the chance as there is in like the building and learning at the first job. Yeah, absolutely. And I th think like, you know, half of having the opportunity to be thrown into it was like, I'm learning through all my failures, you know, like I get the chance to fail. And I think that's what's like a lot of young coaches miss out on is like not having the chance to fail. Cause like, you know, when you, you know, you write out this program and you think it's so awesome as a young coach and you're like, I'm doing all these things. And then you go put it into practice and you're like, that was horrible. Like, you know what I mean? And like, so I, 
luckily had the chance to fail and continually get to try to be me and figure out me because it, it was, I was alone. I, I didn't necessarily, you know, I had amazing mentors at these universities that helped guide me a lot, but they couldn't to an extent be there to hold my hand in every lift. So it was like, I have to figure out how to be me. I can't imitate anyone. Like I'm not, I'm not watching someone every day coach and I'm not imitating them and trying to be them. And, and I'm not figuring out what type of coach I am by looking at them. I'm, I have to figure it out by seeing what works and what sticks. Um, and then having the opportunity to do it with multiple teams, I think was even more beneficial because like what, how I'm going to be able to sell what I'm doing to the women's basketball coach has to be way different than what I'm selling to our cross country team, you know? So again, it's learning by a lot of failure, how to communicate with different coaches and people. And I think that to be honest, gave me an advantage and to propel me pretty quickly throughout my career. Cause I think I've figured that part out that not necessarily everyone gets to figure out right away. hundred percent. And I think that, you know, in a time and a place where everyone is a one sport person or wants to be a, this sport guy or gal, like you're missing so much and all of that other just hysteria really that like you go through when it's like, you know, and, I, and I'm sure somebody's gonna get butthurt over saying this, but there's something to it coaching 10 groups in a day. Mm-hmm. Like there's something to that, that like when you had to be there and be present for the kids and have your different this, that, and the other thing and reason for X, Y, and Z. And you could have been off like Samsonite with two thirds of it, but you still had, you know, that fight in you to, to do those things. And I think that now, and again, this could just be the old gray beard curmudgeon coming out being like back in our day, but I think now we're really comfortable with the small little precise type things and and in a lot of senses i don't know if we're doing as well when it comes to even things we take all these metrics but we don't measure anything we build all this specificity but the games aren't any better so maybe there was something to it and it's funny you say, I, I, it reminds me of your recent uh, My Thoughts Monday, and it was, you were kind of talking about um, how we swung the pendulum too far. And um, like, it, that kind of like hit me because like, I kind of went back to even like what you're saying now, like my root of what I was built, like the, the base of the pyramid, what I was built on, on, on how I coached, you know? And it was like doing a lot of the simple things across the board on multiple different athletes in sports because it was just preparing them, you know, for their sport, for practice. Like, I'm pretty sure you even said, like, it was like preparing them for the practice. And then the coaches are taking care of the skill part. And I actually didn't have time to really look at these finite things. Like you said, it was more like, I can't go to their practices and see all these things. So it was like, I had to, had to figure out how to do my job and prepare them. Um, Which I really think, you know, 
forces me to sometimes have to go back and remember that because you very easily now being in one sport, I definitely am different, you know, and I, I, I remind myself sometimes um, of things and on the ways I used to do it because it worked, you know, and it wasn't because, oh my God, it didn't work. And I, I didn't have enough time. No, I, I was making things work even with those amount of teams because it, it, it was, it, it was what's going to help them prepare them for their sport. And it didn't have to be so specific. Yeah, you know, and I think that you bring up something too that I think might be one of, in my opinion, the most overrated thing that people like to talk about. And that's like this role that we have at practice. You know, it's like, I don't know, maybe our situation is different. Like I run a warm up that's pretty quick because we lift right before. Yeah. And then. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that, that, that's the exact same thing I do. The up, I don't, yeah, I don't know. If someone asked me, I'm like, it's funny. I have an intern right now. And they're like, so what do we do at practice? I was like, well, I warm them up after a lift sometimes. So it's about three minutes and I do about three things of very basic dynamic warm up, and then hang, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, I think that that's something that is kind of, you know, swung the other way too, where, you know, for a while when we were with six, eight, 10, 12 teams, there was some value in that because maybe more than anything, what it did was it showed you who they were a little bit, mm. but I can tell you, I can tell you what our next practice is going to be. I mean, I, I can almost tell you to the minute. Well, yeah. I can tell you what time we're going to start. I can tell you what time we're going to be scheduled to start. I can tell you what time we're going to actually start. Mm -hmm. And then I can tell you what the warm-up is going to be, like the basketball warm-up, what the first segment's going to be, how that it's going to lead into scout, what the next small sided game or half court scrimmage will be. Position breakdown into mm -hmm. execution and yeah. I mean, I could like, now it's been 16 years mm -hmm. with the same staff. So there's obviously goods and bads to that, but it's, you know, like sometimes I look at that and I wonder if that's like maybe overrated. Totally. And I think like being with one team, like we are, I think it's like, you know, we can find ways to provide value in the sense that we are like, you know, so lucky we do get to dedicate our time to one team and find those ways we can add value as well as just what we're doing in the weight room. But I think it's, again, going back to like what you said, like we have to know like where we can do that and interject where it is like, you know, within our role, you know, and where, where we can add small things of value. And I'll be honest, I actually, it's a funny situation today is probably a perfect example of it. And um, hopefully my team will not hear this, so I don't embarrass them, but they, you know, being on, the bench, me and you get to be on the bench, we get to observe a lot. And I think even in practice, that is a cool thing. Sometimes we get to see a lot that maybe the other coaches don't see because they're so you know zeroed into what's going on. And even in games, like we get to see a lot of the things that go on. And, you know, I think one thing my coach appreciates of me is that there's some things that I can take care of that she doesn't see that I see that is probably not best for the team. And to be honest, this 
yesterday we, we lost a pretty tough game versus Notre Dame. And um, it was a game we, we could have won. And there was a lot of things on the bench that I saw. And it was, you know, not the most supportive teammates they could have been and saw a little bit of, you know, attitude and just not what we, we, we look for in, in our bench for. And, you know, it, I get to see it. So it was something, the first thing in our lift today, I addressed right away and, and saying, you know, I, I see what we look like on the bench and, you know, kind of calling them out for and taking care of it because there is something we can kind of add value in and see that maybe others can't. Um, so I think it's like things like that, that we can kind of show the added value that being with just that team um, can bring. And that's why, even though it may be overrated at times, it's important that we're there. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. No, I, I'm so with it. That's that's awesome. And that's, that's a great example. And I think that it's funny, too, especially if you, like, right now, in an empty arena, like, spread out, you know, like, it's really funny. I'm definitely in the camp of, like, not anti-juice, but not jump up and down, go crazy. But in this world we live in, if you're not bringing the energy, there's no one there to do it. Yes. So it's almost been like, when we started to turn this corner, that was like the, and it makes no sense, but that was really like one of the big changes mm -hmm. is that it was like this energy from the bench. Mm -hmm. and, and there's part of me that loves that. There's part of me that is like, cause like we said earlier, like this group of dudes is just, they're so different. They're just mm -hmm. so quirky. No one's safe from a joke around. Like, it, it's just they're 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 great people. Can be jerks, but they're great people. And like them doing that, and like the selflessness of like them bringing that, like it's crazy. Like it just it's, it's I just don't know. I don't know if that's not going to be one of the things that we take away from this is that, you know what, like that positive energy and that like, maybe not to the extreme, but that like almost like rah, rah mentality is going to be even more required. Mm -hmm. I think on the flip side too, it's like you're, you're kind of exposed if not like in and that was something I was trying to explain like and you're to your exact point I was like it's I hate to break it but it's you're you're exposed now if if you don't because when you hear the other other bench the minimum clapping and we're hitting shots and you and, and you can't you you don't hear our bench you're exposed now you know and I think you know and it was, and it was another moment where I can kind of help our coaching staff provide, you know, in a way where I can say, you know, to the girls, coaching staff is going to realize it. So I'm giving you guys a bump, better pick it up because they're, you know, they're, they're saying it. So here's a bump. 
you know, and, and, and a little suggestion. Um, so, you know, I think, and especially coming from us, where like, you know, we don't really dictate playing time or anything on the court. So we're like, in a sense, a neutral person. We're like, we're saying it because we care and we notice and it's, and it's evident. Like we wouldn't say it as an excuse as to, you know, why you're not playing because you're not a good te teammate or whatever it is. Like we have no ulterior agenda besides the fact that we want the best for the team and we want the team to be successful. So I think hearing it sometimes from us is almost, it, it hits harder um, because they know that. No, no doubt. And I think too, though, as we kind of make our way full circle into the basketball world, you know, your spots have been different and there's been a lot of different things that you've been able to kind of dip your toe in right like 11 different teams at, at mm -hmm. queens and then you know your time at your stop previous to wait so like, let's talk about how these things have impacted your training you know methodologies and your philosophy you know because there's probably more things that you could take from the game of lacrosse to basketball than people would imagine. For sure. And I think it all goes back to, like I always say, like I'm a product of being a student athlete and, you know, there's a, there's a million strength coaches that didn't play sports in college that are still amazing and still can relate to their athletes. Um, but I do think like me personally, that gives me an edge because I'll be the first to admit, I'm not, I'm not, I, not the smartest person in the world when it comes to physiology or, wh or whatever we're talking about. But I'll tell you one thing, I am damn near the most passionate person about sports and being on a team and being a student athlete and believing in what can come from that. So I believe that something I can bring is that all the time and being able to put myself in their shoes and understanding what the coaches are like and what they're thinking and what they want. And I think I can do a good job balancing the act of being a strength coach and knowing what we need to get done um, to prepare our athletes and being on the other side, we're knowing what needs to be done for them to be able to feel good and play basketball. Um, so I think that always gives me a really big advantage um, when it comes to methodology and whatever it may be. Um, you know, someone asked me one time, like, I forget how they word it, but like, you know, it's the classic, you know, what, what's your, what's your philosophy as a strength coach or whatever. And like, they expect us to come and be like, you know, I'm a triphasic person or a conjugate undulated, whatever. And it's like my, I, I always go back to just being like, you know, I'm, I'm a, uh, I, I'm preparing them for sport. And that's, that's what I, that, that's my method and whatever that is um, and what that looks like is going to be specific to the situation um, because how I prepared the teams I used to be with when I was with multiple teams um, is going to look way different than I do here because I can just maybe be more specific. I have more time um, with them. I could maybe do individual groups and things like that, but it also does look the same because at the end of the day, I have to do what I can with the time I have to prepare them for their sport and practice. Um, so again, whatever that may look like may be different to the situation I'm in. I always say there's like, you know, there's a million things that factor into that. 
you know, um, when I first got here, I had to first just get my coach on board with lifting before practice, you know? So when I finally got her to agree to that, it was like, okay, I can't, no matter, like I, I'm trying to build on this and, and earn this trust. So like, I can't necessarily do anything before that for some reason, she's going to be like, it was the lift that that's why we were not shooting. Right. And we're not lifting for practice anymore. Like I had to strategically think about all these other factors when programming and doing things, because I want to make sure that I can build upon this and, and create a culture within the team to where they enjoy now lifting before practice. Um, so I think it's just taking into a bunch of different factors now when I program or thinking about our training sessions is, is looking outside of just being like, okay, I'm just going to prepare them for what I know. And now being a little more specific, but thinking of those type of factors, not necessarily different training, um, you know, principles. Yeah, I think that's an interesting um, battle that a lot of us have had to fight is the, you probably don't want to lift after a <clears throat> two hour uh, basketball practice. <laughs> um, it may not be in their best interest. So what, when you, when you put that together and you were trying to be cognizant of performance of practice, what were some things that you removed? Time for sure. You know, I'll, I'll be honest. It was like, I cannot have them one minute late to their practice. So it was like, what do I got to get done? Um, you know, honestly, when I first got there, it's actually kind of interesting. I got to wake my first day was a game day. I came in November was when I started my job. So that was probably an important part I left out on my journey. Um, so it was insane when I, like it, I, that year as well was probably a huge like aha moment for me because I had to really consider and factor in a lot of things that had nothing to do with strength and conditioning and training and my knowledge on training and more being like, okay, where do I start to build this? And what do I want it to look like next year when I can start from, you know, scratch or, or start from an off season? Like, what do I want it to look like? And then how do I build backwards on, on, on that? Um, so, you know, it was like just figuring out like, what, what do I know I use and I like to use when I train, you know? So I, I, I like using a lot of Olympic lifts. So, you know, when I got here, it was like, okay, um, I'm going to think of the, you know, the meat and potatoes of what I need to get done and really simplify it and not make it any longer, add in extra stuff. Um, because I know I have to consider what the girls have done, what they're going to perceive my training as in the middle of season. Um, so it was, I'll be honest, it was delicate. And then asking the athletes, I, I heavily relied on, on athletes on the team. I would ask them what do you think of that training session? Uh, how do you feel? You know, you find the ones that you know are going to give you pretty good answers and are like to train and they work hard and they're going to give you pretty good answers. So I relied heavily on them um, to give me feedback. Um, and then, which was also cool when I started explaining to them, you know, why, why I want to train before practice and things like that, they started being like, yeah, I feel so much better. I, I like, I like, I like lifting now because I don't feel drained after a two hour practice, getting a lift, it, it actually makes me feel good for practice. And then holding on to those things that they like and, and building upon it um, was just something I really tried you know, remaining true to throughout that first year. Yeah, I think that that's one thing that we've done this year 
that will stay with forever if possible if there is forever whatever um tomorrow uh, next week, we don't even know to, no <laughs> but like that whole thing of even if it's just a half an hour 25 minutes to like at worst just get the junk out and mm -hmm. like wake them up a little bit so that they can start practice better mm -hmm. i think is priceless but i'm not letting you get away without a better story of this your first day was a game day game day how okay, was, how was, does that happen it's oh. <laughs> a good question um yeah i got hired in like it was like two weeks before Thanksgiving, that type of season. Like, it, I think it was our third game in. I was gonna say, so that's like your third game. Like. I think it was third game in. Um, the hiring process, I guess. I think I think it was a good thing. I think that's why I'm here today was because the hiring process got a little crazy. I think they took a chance on me a little bit being this young coach from Winthrop. So I'm very grateful for whatever happened. Um, I'm super happy about it, but yeah it just happened to be that i guess something within the the previous person that was here before me left in like i think late august too so it was like a time period where they were with like olympic strength staff on and off and so like it it, it was kind of it was a little bit of like i don't even know where to start or what to do so um yeah, it was game day. My first, my first day, we were. I joined a staff meeting with our staff, and it was like they had up on like the whiteboard. It was like, okay, um, at this time we do, you know, they come out and they start shooting. Then this time, Jenna, you have them at this time, um, and then we come into the locker room, and then we come do um, Philly shooting right here. And then I was like, wait, I'm warming them up, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, you're you're good with right here, right? Is this enough time? And I was like. Um, I guess. Yeah, sure. I, I don't even know. I'm like, I just am starting to like look on the roster to know their names and I'm, they, they haven't even barely met me. Um, my interview is another whole funny story on that. And I, so I barely even was on campus, met the girls, nothing. Um, and again, it was another moment where I was like, okay, who's the captains on the team? And can I have their numbers right now? And being like, hey, you guys, can you just give me a brief summary on what you've done for pregame warmup? We're gonna roll with that and then we'll we'll re we'll reassess. <laughs> um so that was yeah, and it was another moment where I, I was like, you know, it was like, okay, another learning from failure and trial and I just got to go do it like yeah I just got to jump in two feet in and just do it and um, I think a lot of things in the past prepared me for that to just be like all right <laughs> let's do it um, so yeah that was the start of it of it here so it was really building everything you know building from from day one figuring out <laughs> dude that's rad like that's like that's like forged in fire type stuff that's like and then yeah. I, I even I even think too, um, we had a girl that was maybe hurt, and that morning when I came from like my HR stuff, I came met them at practice, and they're like, "Oh, so and so is hurt. You'll mind you don't mind lifting her after this practice too, right?" And I was like, 
yeah, let's do it, I guess. So it, it was just, it was awesome though. Cause you get, you get to like, I, I, looking back, I got like the whole season and year to figure out like, you know, what's their perspective on training. And if you ever worked with women's basketball, it's not always great. So it was like a lot of time for me to really figure out like how, what am I going to do? And what am I going to approach? How am I going to approach this? You get a, you get a feel of, you know, what the coaches are like and what they think about what I do and what my role is and how I want to kind of um, create my position to look like in the next year, you know, and, and what I want to make sure that I find important and start to um, build out from there. So. I love it. I absolutely love it. And, you know, on top of that, you do put out your training at times. You do show what you do with the women at times. So where can people keep up with what Jen is doing? Um, I guess heavy on Instagram right now. Instagram story has been my, my big outlet. So um, I'm just Jenna underscore ready. Ready, R-E-A-D-Y, as simple as that. Yeah, Jenna, this is awesome stuff. <laughs> I'll make sure that's in the notes. And do, yeah, keep keep killing it down there, dude. This is uh, this is great. And I, I Thank you it's going to take me a day or two to get over that story but it's uh <laughs> that's unbelievable that's awesome this is a great talk and i truly appreciate your time thank you so much yeah thanks jay i really appreciate you asking me on and, and keep putting out awesome content it's it's really it, it's it's rare a lot of the things you do and it really doesn't go unnoticed so we i really appreciate it thank you so much that means a bunch we'll be in touch real soon jenna cheers awesome thank you